sound right, so I've muted, I've muted this. Yeah. And I've turned off my sound. Yes. So there should be nothing coming, nothing in coming from out me. of you. No, nothing's coming <laughs> in or out of me at all. <laughs> Spooning Jack, and welcome to the All Over Team Podcast, the uninformed and yet equally opinionated gambler into the sporting world. As always, my name is Alistair Kirk, and ladies and gentlemen, I am not lying to you because for the first and possibly the last time ever, myself and the wonderful Mr. Jack Green, hello, we're podding in the same room, in the same house, in the same city, in the same postcode. It is a miracle that we made it this far because, ladies and gentlemen, if you think the sound sounds a bit weird it's because we've had to adapt modify change and uh yeah it's probably the last time that we do this but jackie is absolutely wonderful we're in the same room unfortunately our esteemed colleague jeremy Curel decided he did not want to take uh, an eight-hour flight <laughs> over from canada <laughs> to the uk for a one-off podcast in the scottish capital uh but jack you're here how are you yeah doing well it's uh, it's a pleasure to be in your lovely home and uh yeah, uh, this is going to be interesting. All right, yeah, it is. And ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Kuehl, he may join us. He may join us using the power, the miracle that is technology. He may join us later on from Ontario, Canada, uh, on Zoom. But he also might not because you know, he's got things to do. But ladies and gentlemen, it's wonderful to have you with us. We do apologize for the sound, but we hope you stick with us and enjoy this week's podcast with me and Jack. We've, not only did we not understand the difficulties of setting up a podcast in the same room, we've also done no preparation for this pod, but we will just be making that up as we go along. Yes. But you may be listening to us on Spotify, you may be listening to us on Apple Pods. Remember, just pick up your buddy's phone, give us five stars on their behalf, you'll still get the free point. So please do that. But Mr. Jack Green, um, not going to lie, things have gone steadily downhill for you in the sporting world since we last spoke. Um, the bills are no more. No more? Well, in that case, I don't know. Um, no, well, yeah, I guess uh, in some senses it has, in some senses it hasn't. Uh, the bills, one of the best NFL matchups seen in my life, probably the best I've ever seen. One of the Literally best incredible. Ever. Um, so it's, it's not a shameful way to go out. Uh, I think it, the only tinge of frustration for me is that a coach's decision lost in that game um the decision to to not to, to not squib kick and boot it straight they booted it straight out um of the end zone instead of kind of playing a shorter ball which wastes a lot of time because the, the clock starts to run down as soon as the ball is received instead of not counting down at all mm-hmm. and uh, some magic from Mahomes and travis kelsey and they ended up getting where they needed to be the kansas city chiefs so Amazing game. You can't you can't fault anyone really. Um, uh, Jeremy will definitely uh, be able to to add to my complete and utter frustration at the Bills' yeah. inability to tackle. Yeah. Um, which, if you do watch the full highlights or even some of the, the the kind of the shorter versions of the highlights, you notice how bad the Bills are at tackling. Um, something that was actually brought up by. Um, you know, uh, my favourite podcast, uh, Locked On Bills, uh, John Marino, um, has mentioned it quite a lot of times this season about how 
the Bills are one of the worst tackling teams in the NFL. So I've got a question about that because um, you have previously stated that the Bills have one of the best defenses yes, in the NFL. The best over the season. So they have the best over the season, but yeah. they but they can't tackle. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not really sure how that works. <laughs> well, of course, of course it's, tackling is after the fact, isn't it? Yes. So it's uh, you can be the best up front. You can be the best shutdown defense. One of the best rushing defenses, despite some massive scores going against them. The best against the pass, um, and they just for whatever reason, they do eventually tackle, but that first, sometimes second, third, fourth tackle is getting missed. Yeah. And missed tackles are huge in the NFL because it's the difference between, you know, a, a third and a third and, you know, a third and 10 and a third and one, yeah. or the difference between um, a first down and not reaching that first down. If the first guy makes the tackle, then maybe you're a couple of yards short. If you miss one tackle, if it's a running back running at 25 miles an hour, he's already made four yards on you and that's what you need in these games it's vital and Kansas City just over and over and over again made yards so it's frustrating but the Bills are still an up-and-comer there's so much future in that team it's about keeping as much of the other team together and quite frankly there is a few rotten apples that need to get cut out in terms of performance and some maybe not not quite in terms of performance um Cole Beasley mm-hmm. um, I do love him but Aaron Rodgers. Some changes to come. Well, yes, he will certainly not be playing for the Bills next year. <laughs> Imagine a Rodgers, Cole Beasley uh, lineup. That would be. Do you know what? He'd be fantastic. Um, Beasley's levels better than Randall Cobb, and yeah. he loves Randall Cobb. So, no, well, right. maybe not Randall Cobb at his best, but yeah. he's uh, a lot better than he is now. And um, I, I think as a player, Beasley's fantastic. But he's for an organization that prides itself on its on the way that it runs itself and the way that it conducts itself in public. I think Beasley's maybe kind of trodden on that a little bit. I don't think he'll be leaving, but his contract ends at the end of the next season and there's no way that they re-sign him at his age and with his reputation now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as for North City, uh, things were looking up, as in you went up a couple of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, can anything else be said for that team? Well, we won two games on the bounce. That's kind of the same situation that we're in. Um, you know, it's a cup weekend this weekend, uh, playing Wolves away. So it's a shame to get a Premier League team in the cup, but Dean Smith's made a big point about trying to really push with the cup. <clears> so uh, anything can happen. Um, the main focus is Crystal Palace on Wednesday. It's a massive game. They're yeah. not one of the biggest teams. They're mid-table. So it's where you look at trying to make some points. They're home games now. You have to win them all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, anything else in your teams? No, let's move away as quickly as we possibly can. All right. Now, as I do say every week, you know my love of YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Just find the highlights of that Bills-Chiefs game if you've not seen it. Find them on YouTube. Uh, They're about 17 minutes long, give or take, and every second, much like we said with the Raiders Raiders game uh, earlier in the season, uh, every single second of that game was was a joy to watch. I loved absolutely every second. Um, We'll maybe discuss it a little bit later, but potentially that was the Chiefs Super Bowl right there, and that explains... Where they, well, they're in the position they are now. As for yeah. myself, ladies and gentlemen, Jack, Jeremy, when you're listening <laughs> from Canada or with us later on. Uh, as for my teams, I, um, well, you know, ever since I went on my wonderful chit chat and uh, seminar about how great Mike Blair has been, friend of rugby, we've lost twice. So that's <laughs> par for the course. I'm really glad to see that. But no, things are still, still looking up, friend of rugby. We did have a really poor loss against the Ospreys last weekend. I was I was furious, in fact. Uh, it was not fun. Uh, it was like watching the Edinburgh Rugby Vote, and I didn't enjoy it. Um, but, you know, we're still top of the URC. Glasgow are second, so the two Scottish teams are one and two in the URC. I don't think this has ever been seen in the history of uh, 
of sport that two Scottish teams uh, in, a, in a tournament with, with multiple nations involved have actually led the, the top tier. And of course, we've got the Six Nations starting this weekend. Uh, both Scotland and England, Jack, announced their teams yes. today. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I'm incredibly excited. Uh, the game is in Edinburgh. Uh, so understandably, I'm going to Aberdeen, which is two and a half hours north to watch the game, a friend of the show, Dave. So looking forward to that, Dave. Thank you for having us. But yeah, as for Edinburgh Rugby... <laughs> um, you know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still excited. I'm still okay with it. Um, I'm really pleased with what Mike Blair's done. A number of Edinburgh players still getting into that Scotland squad for for this weekend. So good things there. Tom Hotspur, we actually signed some people mm-hmm. in the transfer market. But I actually want to focus Jack on the the players that have gone, and let's pinpoint one in particular, and that's Deli Alley, who's been with Spurs for a number of years. Yes, uh, he has now gone to Everton uh, on a very bizarre sort of transfer situation where mm-hmm. it's a free yes. but with many many add-ons that could get it up to about 40 million pounds right, yeah. uh which in canadian dollars is about eight and a half billion um <laughs> so you know delhi ali jack was came up through the nk dons ranks mm-hmm. came to spurs went back on loan for a season and he's been in the spurs team ever since he was seen as the potential future of english football i guess you could say he was an unbelievable talent there was talk of him going to the likes of PSG for multi-million pound yeah. uh, transfer deals. Um, it's gone downhill ever since. He's now gone to Everton. He's left Spurs. Spurs fans are sad to see him go, but aren't surprised at the same time. You said off-air something I thought that was really hit the nail on the head, that this is almost a perfect signing in the sense that Everton and Dele Alli are basically the same person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes, they're, they're just disappointing. <laughs> um, and uh, burnt out, I guess, is probably the. Mm-hmm. That's the that's definitely kind of the the feeling with Ali is he's. I, I don't know. He just he's not. He's obviously not what he was. He's a talented young football player. There's no reason. He's Twenty five. There's been questions about his attitude, yeah. um, and it, you can see it in terms of the the. Generally, it comes with players that have that kind of arrogance to their play. And there was like a swagger and arrogance. You know, it's the borderline of confidence and arrogance, isn't it? And it's where you find it. And sometimes you find that those kind of players drop off because yeah. they lose a little bit of the confidence and the, the swagger goes away. The, the the ability to do things that other players don't have the, that kind of arrogance to try. Yeah. Because you have to really believe in yourself to try some of the things that he does. And... You know, hopefully it's a it's a new start for him. As like as an Englishman, I'd love to see him play well. Yeah. Like he he was always you know such an exciting player to watch when he was a bit younger. Frank Lampard likes to bring young players through. Like he was always that kind of manager with with Derby. He was that kind of manager with Chelsea. Not that he had much of a choice. Um, <laughs> can you tell that I'm bitter about Lampard rejecting Norwich? Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, no, he, he's that. He, if anyone's going to bring that fire back into Delhi Alley, I think Frank Lampard's probably the man to do it. Yeah. And Everton looks like a rebuild that has started very, very quickly, you know, on the front foot, bringing yeah. some good signings. They brought in um, Donny van der Beek, mm-hmm. or however you're supposed to pronounce it. I always get it wrong. So, um, yeah. So, but no, Delhi Alley is, is an interesting one. But yes, he, he is the perfect candidate for an Everton signing. Um, it'd be interesting to see just how they tick all that 40 million off as well. Yeah, I know. And, and that's the thing, because in a way, I, I do think it's a slight indictment, unfortunately, on how Spurs see Delhi Alley now and, yeah. and Everton as a rival in the sense that they're willing to risk um, 
you know, as in, yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you mean, as in willing to risk them coming up against it. Yeah, that exactly that. that. You know, so they, it's basically a free with the possibility. So it's either, well, if they do well, we get a financial rumination or whatever that word is, uh, we get money back, or they don't, and they're nowhere near us. And they've spent, you know, you they've know, spent well, nothing but a lot of wages on yeah, a player. The the, exactly. The, the, you know, and I think this is what a lot of people forget in, in, in football or in sport in general. You know, it's salaries, isn't it? Yeah. The player, you know, we've talked about Aubameyang off air. Um, Arsenal are, I mean, thank goodness they're as ridiculous uh, as Spurs when it comes to transfers and just general um, being laughable um, <laughs> throughout. But, you know, that was 25 million off their off their salary, uh, off, off their books. And Deli Ali won't have come cheap. He's only 25 years old. He's still got a lot of years ahead of him, but it's whether he can actually continue and show the form that he did back in the day. He got his first England cap back in 2015. That's he's crazy, only 25 now. He's played Seven 37. Years. Yeah, he's wow. played 37 times for England, uh, and it's a shame. He he had a, you know, he did not have a good childhood. He was brought up in in, in you know with with uh, parents who weren't the best, and uh, he's managed to make a career for himself. But his attitude has certainly gone recently. But I do, as a Spurs fan, as a very um, blind, blinkered Spurs fan, I do wish him all the best at Everton. But I probably can wish him the best because I I honestly don't think Everton will improve that much. Um, but we'll see. How it goes. Uh, Jack, there's our teams. That was fun. Yes. What would you like to talk about? I don't know. We haven't, we haven't come up with anything. No, we've, no we've done um, This is ridiculous. Let's, let's try and like, whatever kind of feels right. I feel like we there's there's an elephant in the room. Okay. And there's an elephant in every room. Is that when my heating's cranked up and I'm sweating profusely? Yes. Um, it's not necessarily just about sport, but I feel like we need to talk about it. Okay. Um, because there's a couple of things just going around just now that maybe big topics within sport despite not being about sport yes um so mason greenwood mm. and david goodwillie yes um what do we even do about this like i mean mason greenwood's a little bit more black and white right now because it's in the in the current situation for those that don't know i don't really want to go into it too much in terms of what he did he has been arrested on suspicion of um of rape yeah. and of well sexual assault should probably say yeah. and of several other different things to do with violent acts and potential attempted no yeah he's so he's murder, he, well uh, threats to kill threats, threats to kill so in bouts of anger threatening to kill his now ex-girlfriend who he who has accused and we have to, and that we would get sued but we should use the word accused at this time and um, domestic violence and including an audio that was released in which he is you know harrowing he it's horrible it's horrible audio and you can imagine what he's trying to do to his uh his girlfriend at the time it's one of the worst things i am I'm, I'm one of those uh, i'm of that generation where i've seen so many things on the internet sometimes you become desensitized yeah uh, you know um and you know i'm not saying that's a good thing but i listened to the audio and i stopped quite early on um i couldn't imagine speaking to anyone in that manner exactly. i couldn't believe doing that to somebody that you supposedly love and but but moving off uh, the, the finer details because you can find that easily on the internet and that's yeah. not for us we're not experts we're not lawyers we're not in the police we, we're just sports fanatics who, who want to talk about these things but um as you mentioned there jack we've then in the same week got david goodwillie up here in scotland signing for race rovers scottish championship team he'd been at clyde in scottish league one for the last five five seasons i believe it was uh now david goodwillie um, he was um, charged, uh, convicted in a civil court, so not a criminal court, but in a civil court here in Scotland, uh, of rape, along with another footballer. Um, um, his 
accuser, uh, Denise Clare, she actually waived her right to anonymity to go to the civil court to say, these guys raped me uh, in a flat. The Scottish Police Service said there wasn't enough evidence, so they couldn't charge him in criminal court, but the civil court found him guilty. And when he appealed, Jack, they, 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 the appeal failed. They said there was enough evidence to prove that he was a rapist. So in the eyes of a criminal court, he is not a rapist, but in the eyes of Scotland's civil courts, he is a rapist. So this is kind of like the OJ Simpson scenario, isn't it? A little bit of yeah. the, the criminal court has said no, but the civil court has, has said yes. Um, because the evidence was compelling, and let's not lie, O.G. Simpson certainly isn't innocent. Um, I think a big picture for me, Jack, is this has just been a bad week again for football. Yeah. Um, the off-field um, antics, that's not the word, is it? It's worse than antics, but just the off-field behaviour of footballers, and yeah. how does football deal with these situations? So I don't know which one you want to tackle first, but, you know, um, what I found interesting with it is I don't have Twitter... I'm sure there are people defending David Goodwillie, but I do think that um, everyone's been quite careful with how they've spoken about this, yeah. and it's it's a it's a difficult situation. No, I completely agree. And uh, going back, okay, we'll try and steer it back towards the sports side of things. I think it was a, it's an important topic to talk about, but yeah, we try and move away from the final details, like you said. Um, the sporting side of things, I think um, the man is. Yeah, the, the, the club, sorry, have made a decision, a footballing decision, mm-hmm. um, and have now, well, today, I believe it was, they've now effectively rescinded their opinion, um, and they've decided they had initially come out and backed. And this is Wraith Rovers, should be added. Sorry, yeah, Wraith yeah, Rovers, so the championship side in Scotland, um, currently doing pretty well, third in the league, I think, and, uh, you know, looking to get back into the Premier League. Um well, they've not been for 25 years. A long or so. time. And they used to be, you know, the, the, this, the thing with Wraith, uh, Jack, is, and uh, you know, because people are saying he, he was at Clyde for five years and nobody really said anything. Well, that's not strictly true. In 2017, when he did sign for Clyde, uh, who, which are a part-time team, um, people did. People did question what Clyde were doing. I remember it. I do right, remember right. the articles coming out. The fact is, is Clyde, Wraith Rovers are a very well-known team in Scotland. They may yeah. have fallen in a hard times, but they are... No, I mean, they're known across the UK. People know of Wraith Rovers. And it was the famous quote from a commentator all those years ago. <laughs> They'll be dancing on the streets of Wraith tonight, not realising that Wraith Rovers actually playing Kirkcaldy. Um, so the fact is, is he's moved from a part-time team, Clyde, to play in the third tier of Scottish football, to Wraith Rovers, a team in the second tier, who are pushing for promotion to the Premiership, who have a some very well-known fans yeah um you know our ex-prime minister gordon brown is a fan val mcdermott which we'll get on to in a minute she's she's revoked her sponsorship in support of the club um she's a fan uh, the basis from coldplay he's a he, he he's a fan i know that's so right uh he is from Kirkcaldy, guy Benjamin. um so Wraith rovers are a big team but, he, but people did complain when he was at clyde but the fact was he was at clyde everyone had kind of just moved on a little bit and now he's moved to Wraith Rovers. And of course, it's erupted again because it's another team bringing in, a, in, in someone with a very, very questionable character. Uh, but Jack, I kind of jumped in there and got That's lost, right. so please continue. That's all right. I guess we should probably cover like who's the, really jumped in. I mean, um, in terms of the club, they've had sponsors, sponsorships removed. The shirt sponsor, the, the author, um, female author, I can't remember her name. For that. Val McDermott. There you go. Uh, she has um, removed sponsorship from next season. The captain initially, the captain of the women's team, um, quit, and now the women's team have 
actively look to move away from Wraith Rovers yep. um, as, a, as a statement. And, and it's a massive statement. Two board members have quit. There's, you know, there's huge movement about this. And and I, I struggle to find whether I'm, I agree with it or not. I, I don't yeah. really, because, because it's such a horrible situation that I don't really want to cast an opinion on it because yeah. I think I disagree with my own opinion when I make an opinion, so I don't have one. And but the I thing is, that, we're, we're both liberals I, in the sense of like, we believe in second chances. Exactly. We believe in, you know, uh, we do believe in, 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 in that somebody can improve their character, but unfortunately this isn't, you know, stealing from a shop. This is a very, very, very serious crime that, that again, he was found guilty in a civil court of, and he's never shown any remorse. He has two convictions for, for general assault, yeah. uh, one which, you know, uh, resulted in, in a fairly heavy charge, albeit not prison. And that's the problem. It's, you do believe in second chances, but there are certain things that, yeah. It's like you. I, I don't want to cast an opinion because I, I don't. How can I? It's, it's there is a victim. Yeah. He wasn't charged in a criminal court, but civil courts aren't just. It's not Judge Judy. You know, yeah, it's exactly. we're talking about. This is legitimate. You know, it's a hundred thousand pound compensation he was ordered to pay. Yeah. You know, um, and so I, I'm I'm just completely with you. And I think for me, I'm not a Wraith Rovers fan, but I'm just disappointed that Wraith Rovers, out of all the footballers in Scotland that they could have maybe tried to get. They've gone for a 32-year-old with a very sketchy past to try and push for promotion, despite the fact that you know they had they had gone out to their fans and their fans had, had, were very very split on this decision. But Val McDermott had told them, "I do not want you to do this. There will be repercussions for me if you do this." Mm-hmm. People told them what they would do, and they still went ahead with it. They then released a statement that basically just echoed, really focused on the fact that it was a footballing decision. Yeah. But the problem is, is for fans of Wraith Rovers, it's not just a football team, it's a community. They represent the city of Krakodi. They, you know, Wraith Rovers are a family club. And I know that we're just, I'm, well, I'm right now just firing out as many cliches about the romantic side <laughs> of football as I can, but this isn't, you know, this isn't um, Barcelona, Real Madrid. This isn't Manchester City. This isn't PSG. This is a club that was founded for the people of Kirkcaldy and has remained for the people of Kirkcaldy yeah. because Scottish football, you know, out with the old firm has never hit the heights that we've seen south of the border. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem. And, you know, now they have on their books contracted, there's a man who they've now said aren't going to play, but what can they, they can't just no. tear up his contract because there will be legalities towards his contract. So it'd be interesting to see how they end up kind of winding this all down is it's fair to say that they can't go back on not playing him now so he's just going to be sat there i mean uh, sounds like the you know not to make a judgment on the character i don't know but it sounds like the character is he'd be quite happy just receiving the money that he's going to get paid from right <laughs> though he obviously wanted to continue to play football um we'll move away from it though like i think it's, it was necessary i think it was good to talk about like i think uh, for those that haven't heard of this situation maybe read more into it and find out kind of how cataclysmic this has been and like yeah. how it's come out of nowhere and suddenly Wraith Rovers are all over the news that the first minister's talking about it a lot ex-prime minister of, exactly a lot of people I mean he is a, he is from good quarters he supports them but not the point is, is that people who have a big audience are talking about this so it now has a big audience yeah and um it's it's a very you know it's going to split people it's going to hopefully not cause too many arguments about it between people in their everyday lives because at the end of the day it is just a football club that has made a bad decision yep. so hopefully it doesn't cause too much animosity between each side and hopefully it just clears itself out um the only thing i think that, that makes me feel a little bit kind of odd and conflicted about it is that we talk about this as if it's not a human being that we're talking about mm-hmm. playing football mm-hmm. um however 
some people and occasionally myself would argue that if you commit that kind of crime then maybe maybe you don't get every single right that at least in the certainly in the opinion of many people yeah. you don't necessarily get that ability to be able to be judged in the same way anyway we're going to move away from that to someone that also potentially doesn't need to be judged in the same way <laughs> and we'll maybe just cover this quickly mason greenwood in just again not going into what he did but more about the the attitude of young players in the premier league yeah. and especially at the the performance of young players at manchester united and i think we've we have touched on this quite a lot and i said Last time we did a pod about about the generation of Manchester United players that came through under Fergie and how lucky they really were to have yeah. that and how much pressure there is on young players. And Gary Neville, you know, says that. Yeah, well, exactly. Like how how much pressure there is on young players at Manchester United now to perform. I'm not in any way excusing his behaviour, but I'm saying that's maybe caused some of the the this again this this overconfidence this arrogance to these young players because they they genuinely believe they are the next class of nine two and they're being told it and it's being pumped into them that they're yeah. they're special yeah and they're just they're the human and they forget that and, and yeah. like and again not excusing anything just saying that that is potentially where this attitude starts from starts from yeah um, and I, I think the first thing I said when I when I and I did unfortunately listen all the way through in that tape and it is sickening mm. and uh, listening through all the, and spoke to some lads that the, the people that showed me and introduced me to the story very early in the morning yeah whatever it was yeah. um that you know if it was Fergie still there he'd have them in the kit room hanging from the thumbnail from his thumbnails <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. if he ever found out things like that and I, yeah. I, I think to but again to move away from Mason Greenwood itself the thing that truly, truly shocks me about this whole thing is the stories that the club knew. Mm. And this is like moving into the fundamentals of the issues within football and, and the clubs are bigger than the law. The, the clubs believe that they can cover up things and that the, they, they can get away with heinous crimes because they're a football player and the club yeah. will allow them to feel that that's okay. There's definitely, you know, it's an issue with sports teams. I mean, we can't forget that Sunderland played a man for several games who ultimately went to prison for sexual contact with a minor. And yes. they knew that he had potentially done something and yet they still played him. Yeah. Um, our beloved NFL. I mean, good Lord, could you have more issues with, with players? And that's the thing is these teams now, especially teams that play in very big leagues, it's... <clears throat> it's the business aspect. It's all about what happens on the field. There is no social responsibility. Mm -hmm. There is no real moral responsibility. It's just about what happens on the field. And then, of course, when you do get someone at Manchester United, Marcus Rashford, standing up for what he believes mm -hmm. in, standing up to the government who had told footballers in the UK to do more, so he does, mm -hmm. he's then told by his manager, Ole Gunnar Skolshar, focus on the football. Mm -hmm. So this is the problem. It's all about what happens on the pitch and I'm you know I used to I used to say Jack all the time we have to separate politics and sport and I've come to realize it's impossible mm -hmm. it's impossible now because you as you said just just a few minutes ago we're talking about a person and that's the whole fact is these are the fact that you even have to say these are people sounds ridiculous but if this notion that they are just wheeled out on like a <coughs> pallet driver to play for 90 minutes and then wheeled <laughs> back in with no other thoughts feelings emotions you know that's that's just a silly thing for us to think about yeah but the problem is is the teams then at times enable behavior that is completely reprehensible yeah. and in any other line of work would see your your life and career completely 
completely ruined. Before um, trial. <laughs> before trial. Yeah. So that's a very heavy and deep yeah. start to the so pod. We should probably move firmly away from it. And but we come back. But but I think it is important to talk about it because we love sports and unfortunately this is a part of sports and you know. Um, we didn't have Jeremy to, to take us back off the drag. <laughs> yeah, so we've been but, allowed to we've been talk, allowed to talk about misery for yeah. the last 20 minutes. But, but, but not, that, not that Jeremy wouldn't find these things important. <laughs> of course he would. Um, but no, um, it is not been a good week in the UK, both Scotland and England, for, for off-the-field antics. But that has been enabled by on-the-field antics. And uh, yeah, um, for our North American listeners, the, the, the Wraith Rover story even hit ESPN. That's how big the news story was over here in the UK. So uh, ESPN reporting about it yesterday. So Jack, um, <coughs> there's no easy way to sort of segue from a, 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 a topic like that. But uh, we <laughs> aforementioned... Uh, <coughs> I'm dying. Sorry, excuse me. Jack is... <coughs> it's a school night we're drinking beers and Jack has choked himself to death yeah, it's incredible so. Sorry um, for the very loud coughing in my books but why don't we talk about the NFL and the incredible playoffs that we are seeing I'm sure a friend of the show Jeremy will be absolutely just jumping at the bit to talk NFL with us and um, which we'll get if he's here tonight we'll get his thoughts if he's here next week we'll definitely do that uh, but does the NFL playoffs so far have been enthralling quite frankly yeah. um, thoroughly enjoyable um Friend of the show, Danny, sent me a message the other day to say your Bengals take is sounding worse and worse as the weeks go by. Uh, that's to me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, please talk to me about the disappointing Cincinnati Bengals and the fact that they are uh, they're in the bloody Super Bowl, Jack Green. It's incredible. Uh, an unbelievable effort from a team that was expect- wasn't expected to make the playoffs, I don't think. Or at least if they were going to be there to make up the numbers this year. Um, amazing amounts of potential in that team. And they've shown out to be... It just incredibly talented, amazing performances. They've got Kansas City's number, that's for sure, because <laughs> yeah. they've beaten them twice this season. They knew what to do with them, and they did the one thing that the Bills couldn't do, and that was rush the passer. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they've just, they've, to be down, um, I think it was 14-3 at one point. Yeah. They, they were, you know, it was an unbelievable comeback from a team that wasn't expected to Again, wasn't expected to even maybe make. They don't even get up until like twenty-one-three or something. Like it's that. something like that. They were like twenty-one-ten, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were all over them, and it was it's it's an unbelievable, unbelievable performance from the Bengals. Um, on the other side, um, San Francisco uh, did an amazing job to to beat Green Bay previous week, and uh, unfortunately, kind of threw it all away against the Rams. It was an amazing game. The the Forty Niners have beaten the Rams the last six times they've played. Um, so they, they, they had they kind of had their number. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's an amazing record against such a strong team as well. And uh, I think you have to put put it all down to a, a massive interception drop. I mean, you've been chomping at the bit to talk about this. It's, it's yeah. one of those where you just, you genuinely can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, how old's Harry now? Three months? Uh, four months. Four months. Your four-month-old son could have caught that interception. Yeah, like yeah. It was 100%. literally in his hands. Yeah, he was. He was on it. Like he was ready for it. The basket was there, <laughs> yeah. and all he had to do was let it drop in, and somehow he's dropped it to the floor. And it's one of those, like it's the cliche: ninety-nine out of hundred times he catches it. And exactly. One time he really needs time. to do it. Yeah, he drops it, and like game. again, find it on YouTube. It is. It, it will be shown again and again and again because I mean, I couldn't. I mean, I knew the result, and I was still. When I was watching the highlights, I was still sort of had my hands in my head mm-hmm. when I realised that that was such a definitive moment in the game. 
Um, yeah, because it changed it. Well, and then it's backed up by Jimmy Garoppolo throwing an interception <laughs> to the Rams to set them up for the winning field goal. So it's it's you can't say it hasn't been a bit like interesting, eventful, exciting, entertaining, all the words you can think of to 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 explain just how wild the playoffs have been. It's, it's yeah. been incredible, and and you know underdogs winning all the time. There's been barely any favourites win. You know, the it's you, you just don't know where to go with it. I mean, and another amazing story to potentially come out of it is that if the Rams do win the Super Bowl against the Bengals, that'd be two teams in two years winning in their home stadium after I know. last season was the first the time. First time. It ever it's happened. amazing, incredible, and the Rams deserve it. Like, I'm sorry, but Sean McVay, like, everybody loves Sean McVay, he's yeah. one of like the yeah. most likable people in sports. Well, ever since I discovered that they employed somebody to remove him from the sideline so he doesn't get in the way of the refs because he's so emotionally invested. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, that's I've just always been like Sean. You're okay. Fantastic. With okay, I would love to see the Bengals win. They're the, they're the good story. The you know the good feel story, feel good story this year. Um, but if the Rams win, you certainly don't begrudge Sean McVay the victory. Um, yeah, it's just been incredible to watch. Um, unfortunately for the time zone for us in the UK, it's uh, it's not great. So you do end up watching highlights for some of the games, but. Yeah. Please, please do tune into that Super Bowl. It's going to be fantastic. Like, uh, just all out. Stafford versus uh, Burrow is going to be an amazing matchup. And uh, it's fully worth the drink as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing, Jack, that, I, that I've been thinking about this Super Bowl is, you know, I don't have really any North American teams or such. I, yeah. I, I you know, I just, I love the sports, you know, um, as we know, NBA is my number one, but, you know, the NFL is a very, very close second. And, you know, I do like the Packers. I love Aaron Rodgers. Let's not get into his off-field antics. He cocked it up. Well, the Packers, I told you they wouldn't win the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> they didn't even get close. But, you know, I don't have a team. But what I always find, Jack, is like when I'm, it gets to the Super Bowl, there's still like a team I want to win slightly more than another team. Yeah. Whether that be just because... It was the New England Patriots. Sorry, Dan. Uh, or, you know, um, or, you know, there's just a quarterback I slightly prefer more. There's a storyline that I prefer. I've, I would say that this is, other than when the Packers reached the Super Bowl many, many moons ago, this is the first Super Bowl where I am genuinely excited for if either team wins. Because you've got the incredible story of the Cincinnati Bengals going from two, a 2-14 two and 14 record three seasons ago. Yeah pick up Burrow and now they're in a Super Bowl having not won a playoff game since what were we saying the other week 1991 92 yeah. you know before the invention of text messaging so what the Bengals are doing is absolutely incredible Joe Burrow slowly becoming one of my favorites in the league just even his attitude the way he has fun off the field with with the media and you know he's from Ohio he is from the state he's playing in the state uh, that the Bengals reside in and I love that storyline, and I, could you imagine the Bengals winning the Super Bowl? Like, I just, it doesn't feel real to me that they're that they're in they're in the big game. Yeah. On the other side, you've got the LA Rams, and you've got Matthew Stafford. The only draft I've ever watched live was his draft class. Wow. And I've I kind of always had a soft spot for him because I watched him get drafted. I've he comes across as a very very likable guy. He tried his best at a franchise, the Detroit Lions, that are just they're one of those sports teams that kill careers, that, that, that just will never succeed. It doesn't matter what they seem to do. Yeah. They can't succeed. So the thought of him winning that Super Bowl excites me. And I, I'd love to see it. Of course, the, it kind of almost goes against this podcast, though, for the Rams to win it ahead of the Bengals, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, but I don't know what your thoughts are, but that's how I'm feeling about the Super Bowl is, 
you know, it's going to be difficult to watch it because I don't have the, the day off work, unfortunately, the next day. Um, but I'm going to be watching it and I'm going to be sitting up and I'm going to have to get my wife to wake me up in the morning and sort of working from home. So just wheel me through to the to the, to the <laughs> living room uh, to, to start work. But I don't know what your th- thoughts are on that. And if you think I'm maybe being in typical Alistair style, a little bit romantic about this. No, I don't think so at all. I think it's... it's... It is going to be a very exciting game. Like it's, I, I agree with you in the sense that it's the first time in a long time where you've kind of just looked at it and gone, I, I really don't care who wins. Yeah. Like it's, you're just going to go as a neutral. You're going to sit down. You're going to love this game. I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be attacking. There's going to be big plays all over the field. Like it's just going to be fun. Like it, this it's just got a feel good factor to it. I think the the way the playoffs have shaped up as well with all the big teams kind of dropping out quite early. Um, or a lot of the big teams, I should say. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 just going to be fun. I think, and it's it's definitely one for a new for a new fan of the NFL to watch to get into to get into the game because I really do think it's going to be one of the most exciting Super Bowls in years. Yeah, we've had a few drab ones more recently. We're going to make up for it, and uh, you know the the spectacle of the. I can't even remember what it's called, the new stadium in LA. Yeah, so far. So far, that's the one. Yep. So the new the new stadium, like it's a whole spectacle. They're doing the whole thing. It's in Inglewood. They've got Dr. Dre playing. You know, I hate I have made a big point. You do not like it. Time yes. And I'm actually gonna watch this Hashtag so, Only right. I, you know, do whatever, go for a pee, have a coffee yeah. or something. Zoom me. Zoom you, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Instead of watching the halftime show this time, <laughs> I might actually pay attention. So apologies for not calling. Um but yeah, I, no, I'm excited for it. Uh and uh, yeah, I don't think I've got anything else to say about no. it. I think it's just, just watch it, please. Do you know what they're doing soon at the uh, LA Coliseum, the ex home to the Los Angeles Rams? Turning into a housing complex? Uh, probably after this, but uh, no, they are, well, I don't think so because I think it's a college. It's a college. Oh, it's a college it's the uh, but they are, they're having a NASCAR race in it. Mm-hmm. They are building a racetrack and they're going to race because it's a, it's a, you know, like yeah. Bristol Motor Speedway, it's got that paperclip shape to it. They are going to race a NASCAR race at the LA Coliseum. That is one of the most American things I have ever heard of. Yes. I absolutely love it. Um, that would never happen here, unless you're in Jeremy's beloved Cowden Beef, where they do stock car absolutely, racing yeah. just after the, the cars. But that's just because, you know, they can't get the scheduling correct. So that's I need some more cash in your pocket. And they need a lot. And, and, and genuinely, they probably get more money from the cars than they do the, yeah. the football team Definitely. who are at the bottom of League Two. Blue-Bazoo. So that's the ones. Well, we are excited for the Super Bowl. Um, I was going to get predictions, but we've still we've got a couple of weeks. We've got the Pro Bowl coming up, so we'll wait, and I'll ask you, and I'll ask Jeremy next week, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Because things can change, thoughts can change, yeah, minds yeah. can change. All right. All right. Hopefully, everybody stays fit, and hopefully, we have a wonderful Super Bowl. Jack, anything else that you can think of on the top of your head in this unprepared podcast that took us an hour to get set up for due to sound issues? Yeah. Um, I've got a few little bits and bits and bobs. We're trying to do yes. some, some quick stories, just kind of. Yes, let's have a couple of long, yeah, long kind of subject matters. I do like the sound of my own voice. Yes, mm-hmm. yes okay. Um, so, first of all, something to laugh about. Yes. Uh, West Bromwich Albion, how uh, <laughs> after ruining after ruining our beloved band, uh, by, by taking the manager, um, have fired him uh, yes. in the space of six months and hired Steve Bruce. What was which, it like 34, 30 games? Something like that, yep. yeah. Which has now given Steve Bruce the opportunity to ruin his third West Midlands club. Right. So uh, after Villa and Blues have both suffered his, whatever it is that he does, it gets called cabbage face now. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> cabbage head? Somebody, is it cabbage head? I think you got called cabbage, cabbage head. Is funny, yeah. uh, you might yeah, be cabbage right, head. You yeah. might no, be. no, I think you're right, cabbage <laughs> head. Um, 
he's now got the chance to ruin West Brom too. So Wolves, just keep your eyes open because he's on his way to you in a couple of years. Um, feel good story of the week. Christian Eriksen has returned yes. to Premier League football. He hadn't, he wasn't yes. allowed to play in Italy no. because uh, he had a pacemaker put in after his heart attack on the pitch. Yeah. Um, so, and the rules in Italy are that you cannot play with a pacemaker. So he's no. been refused to play football after being, as, a, as an Inter Milan player. So he's yeah. come and he's signed for Brentford, which makes it even more feel good because everybody loves Brentford because there's no, a bus there's no, there's no reason to dislike them. There's, they're just a good team. They play well. They're, they've been fun and exciting to watch so far this season. So, it's great for football, great yeah. for Christian Eriksen, and I think a lot of people around the world are going to want to tune in and watch his first game. Absolutely, and he'll be playing under Thomas Frank, who he had a relationship with the juniors uh, right, in okay. Denmark all there those years ago. Um, and I, I echo what you're saying. It's just a feel-good story. Christian Eriksen is one of the most likable guys in the sport. Um, an absolute stalwart of the Maurizio Pochettino Spurs era. So I'm a huge, huge Christian Eriksen fan. Had that horrendous uh, incident at the Euros where he collapsed on the field. And genuinely, I don't think anybody thought he was going to survive. No, I, I don't think so. I was watching it with, with my buddy Dylan. And, uh, you know, it's not often that the two of us are lost for words, but we were. We didn't know what to say when we saw it happen because we, we generally thought we just watched a man die. And he's now with Brentford. And it is, as you just said, it's wonderful. They're a bus stop in Dagenham and they are proud of it. Um, Ivan Tony hasn't really shown the performances that he did in the championship. Struggling maybe yeah. with that step up to the Premier League. But Christian Eriksen is, uh, yeah, he's a Brentford player. It's brilliant. Um, I feel for his wife though having to watch him go out for that first game um, yeah. I'm nervous for him I'm sure everyone will be nervous for him but uh, yeah absolutely I'm so pleased you brought that up because it's a, that is without a doubt the feel good story of the week in a week where football has had some very negative stories yes. that is, uh, that's the ones we should probably be focusing on uh, when it comes to the sports side yeah, 100%. And I'm very excited to see him play again. Um, hopefully, he makes a big difference to their team as well. You know, they've still got a lot to play for this year. And it's about survival and sustaining your position in the league. And players of that calibre could also, you know, open doors to players, you know, better players and uh, bigger names coming through to, to a team like Brentford. So good for them. Um, sticking on football, I'm kind of a, we'll touch on it quickly, uh, in a, a weekend, or well, midweek of boring. Scottish derbies. It wasn't the, the, yeah. the Dundee derby was nil nil, and the Edinburgh derby was nil nil. Um, you know, uh, Irish legends, legends Celtic have managed <laughs> to beat uh, the Queen's team in uh, in uh, Glasgow Rangers. Uh, what a game! To be honest, like it's the first time I think I've really sat down and just genuinely enjoyed watching an old firm, and I think that's because of just of how well Celtic played. Uh, for me, they would. It was like watching them under Rodgers again. Now, like it was very easy to become sceptical about Celtic. And uh, thank you very much, Ali. Ali just gave me a beer, if anyone wanted to know. Um, much appreciated. And I'll continue the pod as if that never happened. Um, <laughs> they played unbelievable football. Yeah. The, there was, you know, almost a, a jovial tone to the hiring of several Japanese players because the, the manager, whose name I cannot pronounce... Um, um, no, no. I mean, of, uh, he's, all he's, the Australian, people. he's Australian with a very, very Greek try. name, like many Australian, like many Australians with a very Greek name. And I can't, I can't. Of all the I think everyone tries him Angie or something. Like Angie's his first name, I think, or something. Like that. Anyway, but um, genuinely, of all the people on this podcast to try and get to pronounce no, well, it, yeah, sorry, mate. Um, but he's brought. He managed in the Japanese league and Angie Postecoglou. Yeah, exactly. Angie, not Angie. Angie Postecoglou. Um, he. 
he's brought in these these guys and Hatati, the guy that scored twice last night, yeah. is an unbelievable talent. Yeah. Like these guys, he knows the market and it's an untapped market when you're talking about Western football. And he may have just come on to something. I think he has. He's, I think he has. And there's going to be teams following suit. Now, you know it already, but the way that they've played in Europe in uh, and now against a team like Rangers, who are obviously a very solid football team, um, and they demolished them last night. Yeah. Not only, you know, to, to, you know, to, to make it all about Celtic, I think Rangers have got to, they've got to look at themselves. They've um, a couple of games in a row now, they they lose or draw with Aberdeen. They drew with Aberdeen, I think, and they drew three all with Ross County. Yeah, that's correct. And Alan County. McGregor, who was horrendous against Ross County, responsible for two of the three goals. Yeah. He had a blinder last night against Celtic. Celtic I mean, Celtic could have scored six or seven had yeah. it not been for Alan McGregor. Good. So it's incredible how much he turned his performance around. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the other 10 on that field need to, I mean, they were poor. Yeah, not good at all. There was nothing good in the way that they played. I didn't see anything to, I think Fashion came on, Fashion Junior came on, and he, he looked fantastic. I mean, he, he came on and looked as if at least he was battling for something. Ryan Jack came on and, and had a bit of fight, which is what he's famous for. Um, but they, yeah, they, it was just a bit hapless, really. And uh, there's a big wake up. But the best thing as a neutral that we're looking at, because we don't really like the old firm on we the team's podcast, is that the, the at least now there's an exciting race for the title. There's yeah. a point between the yeah. Celtic got up for the first time since August and Rangers, you know, they dominated the league for two years now. And uh, it's looking very, very interesting, like the old days where they might actually compete for the rest of the season. Yeah, and uh, I think Rangers fans will be hating Steven Gerrard even more than they probably already do yes. since he left to go to Aston Villa because it's, you know, Van Bronckhorst has done reasonably well since he's come in, but that was a poor draw to Ross County and that was a shocking loss to Celtic. So um, he's going to have to, you know, be very, you know, he is a Rangers legend, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, but, you know, moods change towards people very, very quickly when it comes to, to soccer, as we know, especially, um, in, Glasgow. especially in Glasgow. Uh, I would just like to give a shout out to the Edinburgh Derby, which did finish nil-nil. It was actually a reasonably good game. It did have that middle period slump where nothing really happened, but there were some great moments. Hart should have scored very, very early on. Um, Devlin was basically just one-on-one with the keeper, had to just tap it past him, and he managed to sort of slice it to the right. Uh, Jack, I saw something I've not seen for years, a pass-back, a legitimate pass-back oh, by wow. the Burnian Football Club. The Hybees had a pass-back. Um, indirect free kick. Indirect free kick. Wow. Should the goalkeeper have been yellow-carded, in your opinion? I don't think so. Is that not a rule? No, because he didn't, and I thought to myself, but you're, you're, you're stopping a clear goal-scoring opportunity because yeah. it was a poor pass-back. Um, I don't know who it was, but it was a poor pass back. And uh, his goalkeeper, who got man of the match in that game, you know, he he used he had the only way he could stop Hearts from basically scoring was to pick up that ball. Right. Um, but anyway, it was a pass back which I've not seen for years. Craig Gordon with a couple of phenomenal saves as he does. Um, uh, what's he called? Sybold, who's just come back uh, from Bansley. He was at Bansley on loan. Uh, he's signed permanently for Hearts. Uh, he has a wonderful stop on the line. So the game did have a lot for a nil-nil. Yeah. Um, but it is unbelievable how many times the Hearts and Hibs, uh, Edinburgh Derby, in sort of a nil-nil, one-nil slugfest. This is so funny because I was, I was in, I was having a chat with my friend Ross. Shout out. I don't need, I don't know you don't listen. Shout out to you anyway. <laughs> hey Ross. Uh, start, <laughs> fucking listening. Listen, fucking listen. Um, 
He'd probably if he does listen <laughs> to this one as well. I was talking about how I was saying that I swear to God, the, the Edinburgh Derby always ends up in a nil nil. Yeah, I'm going to fact check, but it's not true at all. Oh, so like he pulled out all like for like, the last six years. So since I've been <laughs> no way, okay. Right. And he was like, it was like nil nil twice, but there's a bunch of one nils and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. It always ends nil nil. And he's like, it definitely doesn't. It's not going to happen. And then it ended up nil nil. So that's brilliant. So I said, I, I messaged him saying, you know, I was wrong, but I was right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely knew what was happening there. So, um, little bit of uh, witchcraft on my part um but um i think i'm gonna have to change the subject though because i've just been looking through where uh, for some for a few different stories to talk about and we kind of touched on it a little bit let's we don't need to go into it too much sure but um i've just seen an article on the bbc website uh for about Aubameyang. so yeah so to quickly um cover Aubameyang, arsenal let him go on a free to barcelona to yep. a team that has no money yep. who uh, for no money uh, to get to, <laughs> to save some money um, <laughs> so uh and, and arsenal have, have you know gotten rid of a 350 grand a week wage bill yeah um, despite having bought him for 52 million or something like that incredible back in the day um you know he's he's had his good times at Arsenal and he's done well for them. So you can't really you know Arsenal fans shouldn't really hate him too much. He's fallen out with the manager, um, and he did some stupid things. And fair enough, they got rid of him. Barcelona don't really know how they managed to get him, but we'll see. And uh, the next thing is, I've seen this article here where it says Aubameyang had a problem with Arteta. Yeah. Um, no shit, BBC Sport. <laughs> like I don't really understand. <laughs> how they've managed to you know kind of title it that way there was a massive problem and, and if Aubameyang had a problem with Arteta Arteta had a vendetta yes Arteta had a vendetta oh, 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 oh. Well, there's the title there's no excuse for um, abuse <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming up with them every week oh, at this point Arteta had a vendetta he again. was he hated him but, but I don't really disagree but he he was very very it was almost a military approach to the way that he dealt with him and it was very public and and they've very publicly gotten rid of him now yeah. so i think at this point they just need to yeah like leave it alone except that they've lost him but i just sorry that just that, that article tickled me a little bit and i think uh i think maybe going back to the the deli alley situation that we were talking about <coughs> Aubameyang has gone on a free um and is do you think that this now is going to be um a series of of teams letting go of players to get rid of their wage bill for nothing. It's it's an interesting one, right? So my first point I want to make is the whole like Arsenal situation. It's like what you just said about Manchester United. How many players go through Arsenal and end up leaving because their egos yeah. became bigger than the club, let's say, right? So that's my first point. To answer your question, we're seeing the, the changing in like the loan. The, the, the FIFA are thinking of changing the, the regulations with loans because their, their sort of belief is that teams are taking advantage of it. For example, Chelsea can hoard 300 players and just loan them out. Yeah. I wonder if this will be the new way of doing things, which will be instead of loaning someone, because originally Aubameyang, was, it was rumoured it was going to be a loan, yes, that's and then Barcelona would buy him. So effectively, they would split his salary 50-50, give or take, something like that. Yeah. And then... Barcelona would sign him on a permanent. Yeah. But instead, he just went. What well, they came to the agreement, which was mutually leave us. He'll take a salary cut of Barcelona. You go to Barcelona. Yeah. It, it, I think it could be because a lot of since COVID nineteen, Jack, a lot of players are on massive contracts, not performing to the standard of that contract, and the teams don't have any bloody money. No. They're struggling. Yeah. So for them, yeah. yes, 
we bought them for 70 million. Yes, they're worth 90 million, but fucking hell, we just need to get rid of that 25 to 30 million a year salary so we can move on with our lives. I do think, I do think we might see more big players going in freeze, but it is, it's been interesting to see Abamyang and Deli Ali, two players who have either been bought for or have been linked with high value transfers, leaving for nothing. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely. When do we ever see that? It's in the in the, in the England Premier in the English Premier League, you never see that. How many times does Jeremy his eyes water at the <laughs> amount that players get signed for? And now two guys have just have just gone for a free. But talking about Mr. Jeremy Kuro, I do him. believe there is a potential, a very exciting potential, ladies and gentlemen, that our good buddy from Canada. He's here. Hey, He's here. Hey. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh. All right. Be right with you. Well, technically, but yeah. not really, oh because I just had my computer friends. on. I've been doing other things. Yeah, sorry, I'm, <laughs> and also, Jeremy, oh, I'm, no problem. I'm really sorry to break this news to you, but I knew about this about seven minutes ago. But I had a really important point I wanted Busted. to make. So I delayed <laughs> telling you. It's quite all right. No, it's all good. What, what do you? What have I? Uh, what have I missed? What do you guys? Well, been I'm going to be honest. So far, we've talked about um, well, sexual assault. Yeah. The NFL playoffs. Yeah. Um, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, no, we've not. I made that last bit. Oh, good. Huh? Um, and just the transfers. And we were talking about just football transfers, and that's why I completely avoided letting you into this chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good call. So, yeah, we've really laid down. Oh, it's quite I think all right. the most important thing we should say is it took me and Jack an hour to set this podcast up. Um, so, are you in the same place right now? Yeah, yeah, literally. Hello. Oh, you're literally <laughs> two feet from each other. <laughs> So we had a lot of issues with the microphone situation where there was way, way too much feedback. No one wants to hear this. Um, <laughs> really do. But we've got, so we've just got one microphone and we're just kind of working with the microphone. So we've got headphones and so we can hear you and it's, it seems to work. So Nice. Yeah. So yeah. the sound quality is poor. Um, my chat is poor. So you're here to save it. Yeah, yeah. No, well, we'll see about that. That's good. Uh, Jeremy, I should add that you are looking spectacular. Yeah, looks Canadian. Suave. Oh, it's it's this soft lighting. It really helps. Oh, God. Well, more of that. <laughs> more of you're that. You're suave, which is a combination mm. of smart and suave, which is it's, <laughs> nice. intellectual dressing. Well, uh, that's right. I, uh, well, Thanks. absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jeremy Cure has joined us. This is wonderful news. Uh, I don't know if Jack will keep in all that into the podcast. I think he should. Um, <laughs> if, I do, if I do, what? Sorry, just concede and walk away. What do you say? I don't know. I didn't hear He's watching said. a game at the same time here. No, no, we're just, just uh, we're just I was we're just trying to operate a podcast. Yeah, we're not doing very well. Yeah, yeah, not doing Jeremy Kuro, it is wonderful to see you. Um, tell us about just tell us about your life. Uh, let's see. Uh, what have we left? Have you guys? What have you talked? You talked any Brian Flores situation? We have actually not. Let's talk about Brian Flores. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up, eh? Like, th- there's got to be some serious consequences for Ross, the owner of the the Dolphins, um, if it's true that he, in fact, was offering him a hundred thousand to lose games. Like, that's you, you got to lose the team if if that turns out to be true. And a couple other coaches have come out and said similar things were offered to them. So, uh, you think about the penalty for Deflate Gate and Bounty Gate. Yeah, I was going to say it's on par. This would be, but oh yeah, for sure. I mean, 
the bounty gate guys were being targeted with injuries, which is terrible. And and this this kills the integrity of the game if teams were trying to lose on purpose. Um, yeah. Although that happens basically super open in the NBA. <laughs> trying to lose on purpose. Uh, the Sixers did it for four years in a row. Their GM ended up losing his job. But yeah, it's a little different in this case where they're actually offering a coach cash to lose. Yeah, so we should just add for context for any listeners that is not aware. Mm, Brian right, Flores I always forget about that. Has, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> uh, we just assume everybody knows. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Brian Flores has come out and said that he was offered, uh, was it 100000 per game? $100,000 yeah. yeah, per, per game to lose so that the Miami Dolphins could get a better draft pick. And a point that was made to me by a friend of mine was that this gets kind of like the fine line between tanking and match fixing. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that it's... if it is, you know, as you said there, Jeremy, towards the match fixing side of it, you have to lose the team. That, that's exactly what it is, match fixing. It's like, you know, tanking, you're, you're, your players are still trying to win. You're just putting guys oh. out who aren't as talented as the other team. This you're yeah. blatantly trying to lose, which is for sure match fixing. No, I mean, if it's if if the coach is doing this and he's paying his players, he never even comes near an NFL field again. Like, do you know what I mean? If Flores is paying off, you know, Tua to throw a couple of interceptions, and he, Flores is ostracized, he's, you, you well, never, I don't you never think even that's hear happened, his though. name again. No, no, no. This is what like, I'm saying. If, if oh, that's, if it would, if that's what it's, yeah. if it was him doing it, I see. Flores never even. You never hear his name again in the NFL. Yeah, no. So for an owner's doing it, it should be the same kind of treatment. Of course, it's different. They own the club, but there has to be some. I mean, and you can argue that even he's not as bad as Snyder. But like, there's, there's, there has to be ramifications. There has to be something major if it turns out to be true. We've got to. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, we do still have to say that it hasn't been proven at this point. It's it, it is still an allegation. It's an investigation. <laughs> there's still things that need to go through, but. Why would he say it now? Why? I mean, like it's—he's trying to get a new job. Like, yeah. you don't put your—you don't make yourself look like the person that no one wants to hire at the time when you're trying to get hired, do you? Well, could could it be argued mm. that he's done it now after the story that came out, which was like Bill Belichick texted him, told him congratulations on getting the Giants head coach job, only to discover that. Bill Belichick thought he was messaging Brian Dable or got the wrong name, <laughs> which is unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Which is just like, I mean, like <laughs> Bill Belichick <laughs> acting like a 70 year old geriatric. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then signing yeah. off BB at the end. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. What a boomer. It's just wonderful. But yeah, Jeremy, do you think, I mean, that's obviously why to me, Brian Flores is just, he's just gone, well, fuck it, this is ridiculous. I'm going to tell everything now. But as Jack's saying, if it backfires, he could jeopardize his career. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he never coached again, just because that's how the NFL is, right? And Kaepernick. Exactly. Um, when you do something that owners don't like, um, even if it's the right thing, they may never bring you back, uh, which sucks. But, you know, Flores, to me, he could be a guy who could easily go to a college program and be a, an amazing coach there. So if, unfortunately, if he doesn't get a job in the NFL, um, it's not because he's not qualified because he clearly is. No. Um, but he does have that option, at least if he wants to go to college and, you know, it's not, it's none of the same owners or anything like, like that. There aren't owners. Um, and there's a lot of colleges that would probably kill to have a guy like Flores running their programs. Yeah, absolutely. Do we want to tackle the subject of the Rooney rule? 
I mean, it's just, we know, well, I don't know if people know what it is. I'm not Mr. Context here, uh, as you know, but yeah, basically <laughs> you have to is, hire, Jeremy, you have to you interview just, one. You tell us for 10 minutes and then at the end I'll summarize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to interview one minority uh, candidate for your, for the job. So what's happened here is they'd already decided on Brian Dable the day before Flores was to interview. And that came out in by Belichick accidentally texting <laughs> the wrong Brian. It's just insane. Thomas. Uh, so yeah, clearly the rule, nobody, well, not nobody, but clearly some teams don't respect the rule and they're just doing these interviews because they have to. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll probably see some change coming to that, but uh, yeah, not, not a good look for the league. Yeah. Slightly. Uh, I forgot that that was even a thing. Uh, I, I hate it. I hate that by the way. Like it is, and it's a difficult subject to kind of come into because you, it's very difficult, I hate to say it, but it's very difficult to say it as a, as a middle-class white person to say anything against it. Yeah. But to me, coaches should be interviewed based on their abilities. Brian Flores doesn't need to be interviewed because he's black. He needs to be interviewed because he's a fucking good coach. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. it's, and, and there's been a lot of this in, uh, in, in English football with black coaches not getting as many opportunities as they should with some coaches being perfectly capable, but it has actually led to coaches that arguably weren't good enough for the role being given a role. And this is, it frustrates me because you can't really say anything. I'll probably, you know, if people were to hear this now, people might hear this and think that I'm completely wrong. Yeah. But for me, it's all about merit. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. If you're a good coach, then you deserve to have a chance to get a job. And then you need to kill the interview. That's about you being good enough mm-hmm. to do your job. That's it. Full stop. This was the problem. This is why Kevin Peterson played cricket for England and not for South Africa. Yeah. Because they had a quota of, of white and black they players that had to be met. They, well, they, there you go. They still have a quota of white and black players that need to play in their cricket team. And it's, oh. he left his own nation to go and play cricket for a different nation because of this reason. Again, it's very easy for a I'm sorry, but society allows it to be very easy for for a white man to be able to do that. Yeah. But which is, you know, it's ridiculous that that's the case. And again, I don't want to, we've we've been very political on this podcast, Jeremy. You don't know this. But the point being is that I, I think that's a terrible thing. Brian Flores deserves. Uh, we've talked about it two weeks ago about the the, the jobs that he should go for and there should be teams that should be begging for him to be coaching for their team. And uh, the Giants, I mean, the Giants are a bit of a joke of an, an organisation anyway. And this was uh, their attempt, this was their attempt to get out of the Exactly. And, and Dable is a very good coach. Well, you know, I can say, sing Dable's praises till, you know, till the cows come home, but don't treat Flores like shit. He's obviously worthy of a very good job. Um, so the whole yeah. thing is a complete mess. I mean, Miami, they're just, yeah. oh my God. Uh, but the mm-hmm. Giants really haven't helped themselves there at all. Um, just got a... a I, I, you know, I, I hate to think that this could really, really, I mean, like you're saying, there's lots of college jobs, but it really, really could ruin Flores for the NFL now. Mm. And I think that the fact that that is even a thing is, yeah, it's, it's disgraceful. It's horrible. It's, but yeah, that sport for us, we've been very positive on sport today. Very positive. Yeah. We have to say, Jeremy, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't have you to lead me and Jack off the political chat. Mm-hmm. So right. we're going to have to rename the podcast. Yeah. To yeah. Well, that's, that's okay. Uh, the one thing I'll say, Jack, uh, after what you said um, about the quotas and that there's not actually like quotas in the NFL to hire these guys. But I think the idea of it, at least my interpretation is guys who might not have a chance for an interview, get a chance at least to go in and talk. And then maybe 
they show that they're worth a lot more than people know and they blow the team away and just because you know um maybe they don't have the experience or whatever but maybe they have a lot of good ideas and teams will hire on that so i see your point that just the best guy should get it but at least with this it gives people an, an opportunity to show that maybe they are the right guy yeah yeah i i, I guess it's just sad that one of the biggest sports leagues in the world had to implement a rule to try and get yeah, teams well, to actually, no doubt. Yeah. actually hire anyone that doesn't look like us three, you know? And the, the problem with it is well, the, well, the playing staff is like 90% black. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think, I don't know what it is. I think it's about, it's lower than the NBA. I think it's maybe 65 or 70 yeah. Still very anyway, high. anyway, let's yeah. yeah. It's a it's a subject that doesn't <laughs> need to get well. It does absolutely need to get spoken about all the time. But it's uh, maybe one that we can move away from just now because, as we said, sure. we're very much politicising the uh, we, we are well on a very similar subject. Uh, Jeremy, can you confirm if the saying "till the cows come home" is used <laughs> in Canada often? <laughs> Definitely. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. I thought that might be a British thing. Oh no, no, it was funny to me because it's a funny saying. Yeah, um, right. Okay. But because <laughs> the last yeah, time you it, heard it was your granddad saying it. That's why I feel like I, I turned oh, into a maybe. Like seventy-five-year-old when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been one of those podcasts. It's a bit all over the place. It's kind of worked in its own weird little way. Um, I feel I feel like. Um, as Jeremy said, if you don't mind, Ali, I was, I was just going to ask him how he feels about um, our beloved Tom Brady retiring and two, not mentioning the Patriots at all in his goodbye speech. <laughs> On top of that, when Bill, Bill Belichick uh, wrote a tweet in response to his retirement saying, thank you so much, blah, blah, yeah. blah. He kind of just put like a smiley face and it was just like, yeah, thanks. You're the best coach ever. Smiley face, kiss. Right. Did Bill sign <laughs> off BB? He didn't, unfortunately. Oh, fuck him. Oh, that's only for weird personal texts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, goes, I, do you think he calls his penis a BB gun? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. Sorry, I'm stopping. No, you're honestly, okay. Jeremy. Uh, you you need to be at every podcast from now on because it's. <laughs> you guys get unhinged. Oh, we're on beer. Um, is the beer flowing there? By the way, you yeah, guys on uh, light beer, light beer. Light, yeah. you, bad light, you fuck. We're, we're in Ali's house. What are you, Brandon? Yeah, well, this is. Yeah. In, oh, okay. Well, much like, the, never mind. Hold on, I, I had a joke there, but I decided it was best not to. Um, <laughs> if, if there's ever a podcast, yeah, well, this is it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Brady. <laughs> um, Brady, yeah, I've I've said before how I'm torn on him still, right? I like yeah. that he left the Patriots, and I like that he beat them, uh, but he still tormented me for 20 straight years as a Jets fan. Um, I'll admit he's definitely the best NFL player ever. And you could argue the best professional athlete because, um, yeah, you know, he's certainly on the Mount Rushmore, at least in North America here in team sports, we'd have him, Gretzky, Jordan, maybe Tiger Woods for number four. Um, um, and nobody's close because most, you know, merits counted by, uh, wins and he has more wins than anyone. He has more Super Bowls than anyone. He's more, more than every team it's like a joke how far ahead he is of everyone and it's not like he just did it with one team he he went somewhere else had two amazing seasons and one of them he won the super bowl so uh um, it will be weird to not have him there second exactly one. yeah second one first no first one first first one. first year insane, on the new team isn't it? yeah yeah absolutely mental. yeah you never see that so uh 
Tampa had a nice little run there, but uh, who's going to take over? That's What's a big it? question. They, they drafted Trask, but that's not exactly going to get the fans excited. That's like, I don't know, going from, uh, never mind. I don't know what it's like, <laughs> but it's not good. Aaron it's very good to something that's probably not going to be good. You think Aaron Rodgers? I do think Aaron Rodgers, yeah. What about you think Gee? Green Bay would trade him there? Because um, remember, he'll, he's they'll, contract, he'll have to he? trade him. Yeah, he is. He's not a free agent, so... Yeah, so oh, it will okay. have to be a trade. Otherwise, well, I agree well, with in you. that case, that they wouldn't trade him. No, that's fine. I thought he was no. a free agent, which in case he no, yeah, would go. No, no, they won't trade him. It's a, it's an NFC rival, isn't it? So, they'll probably yeah, trade him somewhere, but not to uh, unless it's like a swap with like a Seattle or something. He's probably yeah. not going to a, a, a rival team, but um, I, I ship him to like I don't know who sucks, Houston or something like that. Uh, the Jets. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Oh. Set myself up for that. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want Aaron Rodgers on my team. No, no, no. Yeah, true. No, I would not. I wouldn't take him. Um, even if they hadn't drafted, uh, you know, a QB of the future, I wouldn't want uh, Rodgers. Not a fan. Um, what was the original question? <laughs> Brady? Uh, his, his sign off with uh, oh, not mentioning Brady. Yeah, case. no, good for him. Uh, he had the, uh, you know, to use a wrestling term, a face turn at the end mm. of his career. And uh, it's good to see. It's going to be weird without him, though, that's for sure. No, absolutely. Um, boys, what do you think about the potential of the – or the thought that the Denver Broncos might have brought in Nathaniel Hackett because they also think they might get Aaron Rodgers off the back of it? It's possible. Yes. I mean, at least they have a leg up. If he were to go there, he'll know their system, which is a big help. And it's in the other conference. So Denver makes as much sense as anybody, really. The only thing they don't have to send back is a quarterback of the future. Certain people we know may say Drew Locke is that player. I would disagree with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <I see> it. <laughs> no um, context. That's, that's a little uh, that's a little inside joke about our dynasty league for for people who didn't understand. But um, so, you know, you could trade back uh, a couple picks, maybe Jerry Judy or Patrick Sertan Jr. Okay. something like that. But um, Denver makes as much sense as anybody for Rogers to go to. All right, brilliant. Oh, we got three minutes. Okay, let's rattle off about something. Okay, let's see the Washington Commanders. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> name. Stupid um, ass. How do you come up with that name? Eighteen months commanders yeah it's really bad isn't it mm -hmm. so by all accounts they couldn't go red wolves because arkansas yeah no but there's like there's i don't think college teams patent names do they like or trademark names because there's all sorts of crossovers between so, but and why it have so to be red uh, also just wolves washington wolves you get the alliterations a great yeah that's so wolves was also patented wasn't it they couldn't use wolves, wolves yeah we got wolves? the different wolves. Oh, wolf, wolf pack patented. i don't know well, how do you patent wolves? It's an animal. <laughs> it's so true. How do you, it's the same as any. Yeah, team we're the trees. Oh, you can't name. be the trees. Yeah, but that's <laughs> if it's like the city too, right? So we could go out and patent every animal or every yeah. like action and just say, "Oh, sorry, you can't be the runners." We've patented that. I don't know. <laughs> and somehow, commanders was free. So well, clearly, Canadian. Then maybe that's why. American, like, then, with the whole Rough Riders thing. Yeah, good fucking point. Like, what a stupid thing. Some dumb league has the same name for two teams, and you can't even do the, a cool name because a college team has one. Stupid organization. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you've got Jack Pondra. Yeah, like, do you even patent a name? 
Do you not patent a design or an idea? No, think trademark is what we're looking for. Trademark. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But think in the UK, you've got Rangers, but you've got Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. They're both Rangers, isn't it? Yeah. Just a fact. (laughs) But it's a team team name, isn't it? Yeah, but you got the Chicago Bulls, you got the University of Buffalo Bulls. And there's like uh, there's like thirty yeah. teams, college teams called the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's a weird one. And then it? you've got like the St. Louis Cardinals. You got the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, the names are yeah. the names are certainly doubled over a lot. New York Jets, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. I'm just doing this exactly. until the chat runs out. Right, I'm just keeping keep keep Yeah, you got New York Giants, the movie Little Giants. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jeremy, I want to fire you two very quick questions. We'll do a quick you with you. Sure. Andrew Wiggins, All Star starter thoughts. Good for him. I mean, should he be? Probably not. But uh, but he has played very well this year. It's not like he's, you know, when, uh, what was it? Fuck, what country? Turkey or something. And they had Georgia. They were all voting. Yeah, Zaza Pachulia, right? With Georgia. Uh, That would have been like a sham and a joke. Uh, Wiggins is, uh, he's turned into a quality player. The only bad thing about it really is that somebody who should be making that team now isn't going to. Yeah. Um, So I imagine they'll probably change that rule maybe next year. But, uh, um, the Warriors are great, so you can argue that they should have two guys on the All-Star team. Um, I just wonder who it's going to be that now gets snubbed because a guy who probably shouldn't have made it has. Yeah, I think uh, different day, different podcasts. We should have a little discussion about the voting, um, mm-hmm. how, how they do the All-Star these days, because it definitely yeah. divides opinion. Another quick cue, Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid, how long do they have before that relationship crumbles? That's not even the, the biggest question in Edmonton right now. It's them signing Evander Kane, who's yeah. like the biggest jackass in the league. Like, fuck yeah. that guy. I used to be such a fan and then yeah. uh, just a reverse Belfast 180. Uh, but <laughs> um, well, what was the question? How long is McDavid going to stay around? Yeah, basically. Yeah, well, if it were up to them forever, if I were him, I'd be out of there. Yeah. Um, they haven't been able to do anything since he's been there. And, and not that Edmonton isn't a cool place, but you're never going to reach your potential as like star power playing in Edmonton, right? There's yeah. a reason Gretzky went to New York and LA after leaving Edmonton. Uh, if, if he went somewhere like the Rangers or the Kings or the Leafs, not Montreal, but uh, he could be a, a, a absolute megastar, like up with anyone in North America compared to where he is now. Yeah. Um, so I, I, they'll for sure try whatever they can to hold on to him, but eventually he'll reach free agency and there isn't a franchise tag in the NHL. So he's going to be free to go somewhere else. Yeah. Also those God awful Edmonton uniforms, safety vests. They're so bad. And like right before he got there, they used to be really nice. And yeah. then they changed them and made it that like bright orange as their base. And they're just so bad. I know Jack, you don't care about uniforms, but for no. me, anyway, that makes a difference. Uh, I'd leave on the uniforms alone. Say again. I'd leave just because of the uniforms. <laughs> I mean, you got to wear them every game, right? You got to wear something cool. That would be brilliant in a press conference, though. What was your reason for mm-hmm. leaving? Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we will see yeah. what happens uh, both with Andrew Wiggins and with um, just the Edmonton Oilers and their uh, capitulation as it slowly continues. James, before we move on to our favourite top threes, uh, let's end with this topic, which is just something I've noticed recently, and I think many others have, and it kind of goes back to the Tom Brady retirement, which is we seem to be in an era where we have to break news immediately. We need to be the first to break 
really important sporting news. So, for example, Adam Schefter reported that Tom Brady was retiring from the NFL on Saturday, was it? And then Tom Brady said, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. No, I haven't made my decision yet. What's, what's going on? And then on Tuesday, Wednesday, he did retire. So, and then we had also had uh, Jim John, Jimmy John Harbaugh potentially going to the Vikings. People saying he'll be, he'll be announced tomorrow. He's going to the Vikings tomorrow. And then today he's announced that he's staying with Michigan. So my discussion point for the both of you is just, are we ruining big moments in sports news because we're so eager to get it out onto Twitter to say this is happening? Are we a victim of our own success of how quickly we get sports news out there? And ultimately, myself and Jack, Jeremy, off air, we're talking about how Sky Sports always do a transport deadline day. We've just had the January transfer window here in Europe for, for soccer ball. And in a way, that used to be like their one of their selling points was that you would sit and they would do breaking news. They had guys outside training grounds. It was brilliant one year, Jeremy, when a guy, a news presenter, got attacked by a dildo live on air. So that was incredible. <laughs> um, but then Sky Sports News are part of those organizations, Jack, who want to break the news before the news is even remotely close to being broken. So mm-hmm. that's a very long way of asking a very simple question, which is, has sports journalism slightly lost its way because we're just eager to release any form of news and hope it's true? Yeah, I mean, it definitely has happened quite a lot more recently. And, and it is, you know, that culture of first to to reveal the secret almost is, is the one that's going to get the millions of likes and the reputation goes up and you become more of a trusted source. And there are, we're, you know, like you said, we were talking about this off air about, especially in the NFL, there's certain names. If you hear a news story attributed to them, you believe it. You know, Adam Schefter is one of them. You know, Ian Rappaport is the one, isn't he? He's the, as soon as yeah. you know that Ian Rappaport has put his name to a story, you know that that's true. And it's, you know, it probably isn't always true, but you, you just have that, that that association with him. And he must have gotten some, some big stories wrong in the past, but it falls under the radar because someone else was famed for getting it right. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 yeah, it's a, it's that Twitter culture, isn't it? Unfortunately, it's, you, you, you have to stay in, you have to be what people are reading. You have to be what people are looking at, listening to, talking about constantly, or otherwise you've forgotten about. And it's, yeah. it, it must be an addiction for the people that are doing it. Like it's, you have to be so driven to want to be a part of it. And it does almost ruin sports in, in that sense, or, you know, big surprise news stories where, you know, the person actually comes out and does the big reveal and, and Brady being the most recent example has kind of lost that, but he also revealed it on Instagram. So like, can, <laughs> yeah. you, can you really blame them? Like there's, there's two sides to it all, but in terms of the transfer, the window stuff, it's, you know, you know that it's been happening for three days before it actually happens. You kind of just sit and wait for it to get signed off. It used to be this really exciting moment and all these crazy things going on. And now it's kind of like, they're trying to drag it out and try and really just put some steam into something that's just, it's like, okay, they've signed them. This is fine. Yeah. There's nothing special about what you've done because you've been talking about it for six hours now. And this is the point that you made is that um, they almost get in their own way. They kind of ruin their own um, ability to be a newscaster in the sense that they, 
they're beating their own stories to the punch. They're telling you what's happening before they can do the surprise reveal. And it, it, it's kind of, when does it stop? So yeah, it's, it's, it's just, if, if I'm honest, it's, it's a shame, like as a, as a 65 year old man at heart, it, that doesn't use Twitter. <laughs> um, I, I managed to avoid some of it, but it does kind of take away from the magic of, of sports news reveals and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, so Jeremy over here with Sky Sports News and with Transfer Deadline Day, I cannot stress enough, they really try and make it an event. You know, they have this big clock with a countdown, like it's New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we were just discussing there, they've already told us the news three days ago. So now you've just got three, four people sitting in a studio talking about something that we've known for 72 hours. Do you feel the same? Do you feel the same as us, basically? Okay, so... There's probably, I'm guessing, some people there who only find their sports news out from TV, right? They don't use Twitter. They don't use anything. Mm-hmm. It's So for them, it probably does mean something. It's much like, you know, the people who watch The Big Bang Theory. Uh, they don't know <laughs> that these other shows are on streaming, so they're forced to just watch whatever comedies on TV. Maybe the uh, there are, is a large population that doesn't know you can go on Twitter and find news out well yeah. before this yeah. show. Um, so maybe they are relying on that because otherwise – you know, why is this going to exist when no one's going to watch it? And we all know the news already. Um, but I think, you know, to, to make it as a reporter, you have to be, or like that sort of reporter, someone who breaks these stories early. So maybe you're going to get a little giddy and put it out, even if it's, you know, 90% confirmed, not a hundred and it can turn out to be untrue. And if you're someone like Schefter, yeah. um, you're, you're known for getting these out first. So maybe you want to make sure you put it out before anyone else and, and something like this can happen where maybe it's not necessarily true. Uh, the only one who seems to never screw up is Woj, the NBA reporter. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing someone write that he's like the most powerful franchise in the league is him because <laughs> he deals with every team and gets info and gives info. And, and if you're on his bad side, then you're sort of screwed. But yeah, I see what you mean. Everyone, there is definitely a rush to get stuff out, especially recently. Um, uh, obviously Brady did retire eventually but Harbaugh didn't go to Minnesota. I think that's the one that It was a done deal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like I I figured, okay, he's gone. And then all of a sudden he's back at Michigan with no plans to leave. So unless something happened in like a half hour period where they're like, Oh, by the way, like you're getting $4 per year. (laughs) Uh, Then, you know, who knows, but it sounded like it was all agreed upon. There's not really a way for us to know whether it was, or if it was just sort of someone jumping the gun. Yeah. I think maybe there's just like an element of like, I miss those, proper when you know when breaking news came up on the tv it really mm-hmm. was breaking news you know because the other thing here in the uk like you'll be watching bbc or sky news it's like breaking news yeah the queen has woken up i'm like well that's not yeah it's not breaking let's news. see what I, you mean that was always more exciting right yeah. when something you know we we break away from this telecast for oj simpson mm. and a ford bronco that's <laughs> breaking news all right that's so look i'm like jack i'm a 65 year old man at heart i miss the old days and uh, Michael King. So there we go. Um, right, gents. <laughs> it's been absolutely wonderful. I've enjoyed that. Do either of you have anything else we'd like to discuss before we finish with our favourite top threes? I don't think so. No, no. Right. Jack, do you have a twat? Brandon Staley? <laughs> Who's Brandon Staley? Is that a person? Is that's not your Chargers one, coach? Uh, yeah, they, yeah. 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 Staley, you don't like Brandon him? Staley. Oh, oh I love today. Brandon Staley. But I think he's great, but today... Brandon he's Staley. a dick. Well, yeah, you know who hates him is our guy Lombardi. 
Yeah, he really, he <laughs> really dislikes him. him. Really dislikes him. Jack, have you no. started listening actually, to that? No, actually, to get off I, track. I, I haven't yet, but I probably should. No, you got it. He goes so good. Brandon Staley is actually a twat for not having his team kneel and both teams going to the playoffs. I think that yeah. is actually a, mm, a fair enough. I'll accept that. That was purely just the first game. But it did make out for an incredibly exciting game. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and ending. So there we go. And playoffs. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. For our favorite culturees. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, do remember, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Pods, five star rating. If you can't be bothered, just do it on your friend's phone and you'll still get the free pint. We're not on Instagram, we're not on Twitter, we're not on Facebook. We've, we've just explained that. We will breaking news on a TV when there's only four channels. Is that too much to ask? So, this week, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to end with a wonderful top three, which is um... <laughs> Jeremy shaking his head. But, you know, there's only one of us that came up with this. Um, <laughs> it's the top three men you'd hate to be accused of looking like. Yeah, the top three men you'd hate to be accused of looking like, especially if you were a woman. Um, yeah, pretty oh, much. Well, right, right. Mainly so, as yeah, a woman. There's an extra detail and they might change yeah. some answers. That. So <laughs> if the start of the podcast, Jack, doesn't get us taken off air, the end almost starts on well. Yeah. Jeremy, it's your prerogative. You came up with this lawsuit would you like to go first would you like to default to everybody? yeah i've i got mine ready so i'll, I'll go right. first oh, just okay. I'm not sure if, if, if jack does or not right. uh okay so <laughs> uh, for <laughs> men you would not want to be told you would look like as a woman <laughs> for some reason uh number three uh, bruce forsyth <laughs> how do you know who bruce forsyth is uh, I was watching this English show the other day, and there's a woman who had surgery to, in order to look like Bruce Forsyth. Uh, <laughs> just end the board there. So I've never seen him. I've just seen what a woman looks like as him in this British TV sitcom. That is the worst thing wow. uh, Number two, uh, Hulk Hogan. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, of many reasons. He's skin of the hot dog and that sort of thing. Uh, and number one, and this is, I've actually seen a lady in my old building in Toronto looked exactly like Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that is unfortunate, but brilliant. Brilliant. Three, Jack Green. Um, a little bit, uh, a little bit improvised. Uh, number one, no, sorry, number three, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, number two, uh, ben Roethlisberger, not just because he's terrible, oh. but also because he kind of looks like a baked bean. Mm, great um, one. And number one, Garth Crooks. <laughs> Always. Just, just, I just hate him. It doesn't matter what he looks like. He's just, I just, I don't want to look like him. No, because I hate him. Yeah. No, I understand. I'm stupid team of the year. Sorry. I understand. Uh, well, as for me, again, improvising here, uh, I'm going with uh, number three. It's Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> okay. um, I just don't think that's someone any of us want to be compared to. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Kane with his mask on. Okay. Um, <laughs> and number one, I'm going to go with Kane without his mask on. <laughs> uh, because I don't know if you've seen the current senator, yeah, senator yeah. Dakota, yeah. north, south. Uh, it's We're a mayor horrifying. of Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, is that who it is? I was nowhere yeah. here. I was nowhere here. <laughs> Too scared to go to the Wikipedia page these days. Yeah, what it's fine. Man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you've made it this far, well done. <laughs> um, 
thank you for listening. It's been an absolute joy. Um, me and Jack in the same room for the first time uh, since this podcast began, which was yeah, wonderful. very jealous. One day, one day, hopefully soon, the three of us will be in the same room. Uh, God knows how we're gonna deal with the sound of that. I think we'll need to go to Canada so we can use like your brother John's friend of the show, John's. He seemed to have a good setup when he jumped. But he's got a lot of equipment. Yeah, so we could use that because it would turn out my, the acoustics of my room aren't great. But anyway, I digress. It's wonderful to be podcasting. And it's wonderful to be in the same room as Jack and Jeremy. It will be with you uh, very, very, very soon. So, Mr. Jack Green, we're going to spoon after this to celebrate. Thank you and good night. I'm excited. Thank you very much for anyone that listens all the way to the end. It has been very, very intense. So thank you for being the light relief as well. Jeremy. Yeah, yeah well, I, I had a lot of fun just improvising with no notes today. It's actually it pretty good. good. Maybe I'll yeah, sort of yeah. go forward with this. Well, it should be um, added. We did the entire podcast with not one bit of prayer. I will so, let you listen to yeah. it. Whether that's a good idea or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there goes the five-star ratings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, but Jeremy, but, thank you for jumping on. Sorry you didn't get to Toronto. Bloody snow. Oh, it's okay. But it's great to see you. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. Nice job by you boys. I'm jealous you're together. And if for some reason of any beer in the world, you're drinking Bud Lights, but we'll forgive you. A uh, friend of the show, Brandon, would approve, no doubt. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, nice job. And uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Absolutely. And as always, my name has been Alistair Kirk. And I don't know, just don't look like King with a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right, Jeremy. Yeah. Like, I'm having a... I look like Liam McPoyle. Right. <laughs> like, it's really freaking me out. You know, you you got to push your hair off the front Which or something, way? Jack. Look, hey, uh, whatever way it naturally like? goes. Yeah, there okay. you go.